Denizens of the deep dark internet, you've stumbled into a very peculiar nook. If you're a renegade writer, a lover of longhand, or I don't know, another synonym for that, you're in the right place. Welcome, welcome, scribes and scribblers, once again to the Nib Section, official podcast of Fountain Pen's Oceania. Here lives a roundtable discussion for Fountain Pen news and notable events. Relative landlubber or old salty sea dog, we have something for your penmanship. Nailed it. Joining me today are two of our returning hosts. First up, our junior investigative journalist, Jean. How are you, Jean? I'm good, thanks, Chuck. It's good to be back. Great stuff. And uh, also back with us, self-described cursed cat lady, Christina Kowalski. How are you, Chrissy? Absolutely wonderful. I had a nap before this, so I'm refreshed. Amazing. Uh, And I'm Chuck Montano. Are you down with 823? Yeah, you know me. Uh, What are we writing with today, guys? Uh, Today, uh, figuring how we've got some things based on the Pelican Hub, um, I've brought my uh, M805 Vibrant Blue. Uh, It's got a wonderful medium nib for for what it writes with, and it's hiding somewhere, so I actually don't remember what I've got it inked with. We'll find out. We'll yes. find out. <laughs> what about you, Jeannie? Uh, I have one of my sailors with me today. I've got, I think I'm up to eight or nine now. But with me today, I've got my Sailor Sapporo Starburst Galaxy, which I did get from Sharon from Fountain Pens Oceania, as many of us have done in the past. And I've got that inked with the Ackerman Dutch Masters Vermeer Cobalt Blue. All right. Uh, I've got a very unassuming little uh, yellow Lamy Safari, but this is my sort of uh, first dip into the fountain pen world and I've had this uh, or you know parts of this for about five six years now this is my uh, my go-to nothing flashy but definitely a solid writer well uh, as Chrissy sort of touched on before recently we had some intercontinental coordinated conferences uh, some of you may already know but uh, for those of you that don't on the 22nd of September were the pelican hubs and it truly was a pelican hub uh, I couldn't personally make it to one, but I know for a fact both of my co-hosts were at the Sydney Hub. Gene uh, and Chrissy, why don't you uh, educate me? Uh, well, I, I'd say rather than call it Pelican Hub, I'd call it a Pelican Party. Oh, hell yeah. We, we went off. Mm-hmm. I think our numbers were 60, 60 plus. Something like that. And, and, and you could tell because it was quite a small area and that was a lot of people. Yeah, this year, um, again, featuring uh, the Pump House because it, it was a nice venue where we held it last year. Very accommodating for, for our numbers, but unfortunately we were not placed upstairs. We were downstairs in the pub area, um, so we found some so a bit of hiccups this year for, for a venue. It was really noisy, I think. Mm. Last year upstairs was a lot quieter. This year, it was, it was great that this year was a lot more informal. I think yes. there was a lot of more movement between tables, a lot more chatting, yes. a lot of back and forth, but the noise level was incredible, and I think that's partially because there were other patrons in the pub as well. There was also a land party happening upstairs, Mario Kart. So um, I missed that. Yeah, I, I wanted to see why our spots were taken. So Mario Kart, yep, sweet as. You snuck upstairs. <laughs> well, do uh, you guys have any memorable moments you want to talk about from... Uh... Yes. Um, so once we were once we were setting up, Diana Lovely um, had the banner held up with washi tape to, to broadcast where we were. We had the placemats of the Pelican Hub on all the reserve tables. The the ink sampling table were, was also there um, with, with eyedroppers and I, I believe there was three hundred vials, four hundred, uh, four hundred vials, so that people could take um, you know samples of, of the Pelican Pelican ink range. Well, what was memorable most of all was just five minutes into it, we had a, a patron that was just walking around. Um, he's like, P- 
pelican is, is, is part of my, my childhood. I, I used it when I was in school. What, what, what are you doing here? Uh, I just want to let our <laughs> listeners know that we don't have a German person here. It is a uh, spot-on oh, spot recreation. I am Ukrainian <laughs> and Kiwi, so I am drawing. But uh, part of my childhood, uh, what are you doing in Sydney? Uh, this this is wonderful. Uh, why are you here? This is just um, a random patron who was unassociated, no, not a registered. Didn't know who he yeah. was. Oh, this didn't wasn't know. a participant. No, no. Just oh, that's great. Random person um, uh, approached Aiden, just saw going the banner on and on and on. It's like how, how wonderful these were, and didn't know they were still a thing. And, and asked, didn't know they were like, still so, a thing. Yeah, what a shame we don't actually work for Pelican. <laughs> well, a little bit, yeah. It's like, uh, well, we're all fountain pen enthusiasts. Tonight's focus is on, on Pelican themselves. Um, and, well, hey, it's more than just what you learn in primary school, what to write with, but also they're still going. They're still bringing out gorgeous pens for, for different sizes for different people to write with. So we're, we're celebrating that once a year with, um, with these hubs. So... Really doing their marketing for you, for them, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, I'm a little biased. <laughs> well, but that's know, that's the whole point of the Pelican, hub, isn't you it? can email us at the next session. <laughs> let's, let's be honest. Whenever we start talking about peds or inks, we start doing everybody's marketing for them. <laughs> yes. Don't even get me started on Visconti. I think we'll save that for another episode. <laughs> Although I have to say, um, this is producer Diana speaking. Um, we have not received a cent from any companies yeah um and we'd, we'd like passion. to <laughs> no 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 that's a decision to have at a later date um we'll the, have a okay. conversation about the, that maybe the collective podcast would not we're not you know courting no yeah. no we're not me, affiliated me we're not looking for sponsors specifically we might be looking for donors at some point but only from other users and members of the community but at the moment we don't receive a cent from any retailers or companies me personally i'm happy to receive bribes <laughs> yeah individually that's all fine yeah. <laughs> can, I, can i just touch back on what you, you just mentioned the ink table mm. that was genius i believe we have diana to thank for that idea yes, thank you. that was incredible the amount of participation i saw and people were just bonding over inks yes. and and also, what a great way for people to get rid of bottles that they no longer use yeah. or they're not interested in. Mm. I, that was, I'd like to, to see that instituted at maybe the odd meet every now and again every few months. If I just think it was brilliant. Yeah, because we um, we limited it. We didn't limit it to just Pedalstein. Um, <laughs> we didn't limit it to just Pelican inks. Um, yeah, Pedalstein does bike uh, parts. <laughs> um, I, I put a word out that anyone who had ink bottles that they weren't using and they they didn't want anymore you know just bring it and um, I'll have enough pipettes and vials for everyone we didn't actually go through as many vials as I expected I pre- I over prepared I have to admit you uh, <laughs> I bought about 100 pipettes and 40 400 vials and we got through maybe half of them um, but yeah I really liked how that went I mean amongst you know what was it 50 or 60 people that's still pretty good yes. <laughs> and at the end of the night if there were any leftover ink people were just um, happy to take yeah I may have walked were- off with two <laughs> Were there, were there any um, notable collections, guys? Any, any you know, assortments that, that blew your mind? Ian, Ian, Ian Reid. Ian, Reed. Oh. Ian Reed is um, a beloved member of FBO. Yeah. His collection is amazing. I, I would love to have, at one point, a, a visit to his place and just whatever assortments he has. But yes, no, the, the standout um, was definitely his Pelican collection. Um Aiden has purchased one pen of 
I, I forgive me. It's I um, the Pelican Asia series, yes. I believe. Uh, and the one that one was its production date. If um, I'm not mistaken. Yeah, from the early 2000s. Yes, and the uh, one that Aiden has, it's the Shuan Wu, but Ian has the whole set. Yes. And he bought them, I think, in the year that they were produced. So yes. um, it's a very valuable set now. Yes. Um, de- yeah, definitely a standout piece, seeing all, all uh, four, five um, I think five or six. Um, there's um, there's a range. red, a yellow, West, a yellow. black, a green, and white. white. white yeah, tiger. five. Yes, no, um, definitely an impressive range. And def- um, last year when you also brought this collection, it had to make another appearance this year, just for, just for people to admire um, how far they've come. Ian, um, I have to say, is um, the reason why I'm very, very well disposed towards the Pelican Hubs because Ian is one member who found out about us through mm. the Pelican Hubs, I think. Yes. He, he popped in last year's Pelican Hub and showed us his amazing collection and it was amazing. So yeah. It's great. He's so humble as well. <laughs> another yeah. another guest um, with an amazing collection who came to Sydney from Interstate was David Brennan. David Brennan, yes. He from is States. he is now no, no, he's no. from Queensland. Oh, okay. Um, David is also a member on FPO. He I wanted collection. to make him, I think I missed him. Oh, he got there very early and he stayed very late. Brief. No, he was he was mm. there a long time. Mm. It was easy to um, miss people like there were just so many people. There were so many people. We had over sixty people. And David, I think, is famous because he collects only pelicans. Oh. I think in the last few years or so he disposed of the rest of his collection mm-hmm. and now he's strictly limiting himself to pelicans and he has i think probably somewhere between 50 or 60 of them um he also he, i also know him very well because he has um a database for his inks and his pens so i think that's how he chooses the next pen that he's going to use mm-hmm. he he does a random selection through his database you know <laughs> which pen which nib what ink to put yep. in it and I think that's a great way if you want to be using all your pens. Mm. So he's not just a collector. He uses every single Excellent. one of his pelicans and he loves them. No, and um, because he was coming from interstate and he was traveling with his pens, he didn't want to travel with his entire collection. Mm. So he, I think he selected six pelicans to mm. show. And one of them was this incredible um, M800 with Raden and gold stripes. Oh, um, yes. It I was a very one. limited edition pelican. And I think – I can't remember exactly – how many he said were made, but um, he got it through um, a very specific retailer. Mm. Um, it was very hard to source, I believe. Yes, no, I did remember seeing that. It's pen. Stunning! Oh, so I'd love amazing! To photos of that. <laughs> I'm a little bit embarrassed to say I don't think I saw anybody's collections on the night. I was definitely focused on the social aspect of the evening. <laughs> uh, I did, I did, ma- I, I didn't see any pelicans. I managed to get my grubby paws on one of Diana's new Nakayas and one of Sharon's Bohems, and they were lovely to, to play with for a little minute. But, um, yeah, I was mostly just uh, talking to people. I, I was really pleased to meet some people that I'd never met before and people who weren't part of FPO and hopefully mm. may have made a few converts. Yes. Uh, but, yeah, I really didn't look at any pens. I was completely against the entire spirit of the evening. <laughs> I, uh, I got harassed online by someone that uh, was disappointed I wasn't there. <laughs> Uh, I may have had who, a hand who, in that. <laughs> who will remain nameless uh, on the podcast, but I will talk about it when the mics are off. <laughs> Another um, a great story, I think, from the night I remember is we had a few guests from other countries, mm. um, I think from the US and yes. maybe from Europe. Aiden will probably know this better than I do, but... Yeah, there was a lovely guy called Tom from the US. Was Tom from the US? Tom was from the US, I unless, unless there that. were two Toms. But okay. there, there was definitely a Tom Very from likely. the US. 
Um, uh, and he, he was uh, he's hosted hubs in the US. Oh, wonderful. But uh, so when he, fa- he was traveling and found that there was one in Sydney, he wanted to come along. Yes. Oh, I think I met him, definitely. And um, the lady sitting next to Tom, I believe, Karen. is also from the US, maybe. Um, I, I didn't Depends get on where they were sitting there. <laughs> on, on one of the main tables um, in the center. But she was saying that she'd been to um, hubs in the US, and I think specifically it was Washington. I don't know if it's mm. Washington, D.C. or um, in Washington, like, state. But she's saying how um, our hub, it's much more youthful yes. than hubs she's been to in the past. There were a lot of quite young people um, yeah. at our hubs, and it's it, I think that's why they tend to be quite rowdy. Um, well, that's been a feature of FPO in general. We, yes. have, we have quite a, a youthful population. We do, and um, I think we, we make it an effort so that the barrier of entry of some of the larger events is not so high as to um, keep young people out. Yeah. Um, because I think that's really important if you want Inclusion. the community to grow and if you want to just bring a new generation of users mm. in. I mean, I'm a hub master for this year and um, I've been looking at the photos um, from other hubs around the world yes. and they, they're very incredibly, but I, I actually get a little bit depressed when I see hubs that um, Inside are very, in no, 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 not, um, the location is not the issue. It's um, the demographics, to be honest. Mm. When they're all, when I don't see enough young blood, mm. I, I wonder about the sustainability of that model. And I, I really want people to, this is, this is my passion. Um, I want people to get young people involved mm. and to be proactive about that. Um, because I'm, I'm sort of we're in the middle, like I have enough disposable income to um, spend it on nice pens, but I'm also, I also remember being, you know, short of change and, you know, I'm still wanting nice things, still wanting nice things. Exactly. And I, I want young people to be able to look at the nice things and to have a way of, you know, trying them. I, I, I don't want them to be intimidated by pens. Oh, thank um, you. I'm a retail person. So, hey. <laughs> well, exactly. Oh, exactly. Like I'm on a secretary. Okay. I'm on a secretary's salary and yeah, it's not always easy. And, yeah, and I was actually I'm not even talking about that. I'm talking about, you know, like 15 oh, the, year and the poor uni students. Year olds. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We have, we have a lot of poor uni students. There was definitely a period in uni where I would buy a thing that I liked with the knowledge that I'd be eating ramen for the next like yeah. week. We're not trying to encourage, you know, lack of financial responsibility <laughs> yeah, yeah but you know start with your twisbees or your pilots you know save you know for a few weeks for a 40 dollar pen and get yourself into that hobby mm. and you Work know we're, we're here to help you out mm. to encourage that or sell them off to you at a discounted rate that Sharon. too <laughs> and die and die <laughs> yeah okay my my side rant over how, how did it differ from last year's hub was it was it well, we've touched on that a little bit in that it was definitely more informal. Last year, uh, we, were, we were set up in a few tables the way we were this year, but people tended to stay where they were. Um, yes. we, we, yeah, we all ordered our dinner, which we did at this time as well, but we sat, we talked to the people on either side of us and across from us, and that was largely it. You might you know, say hello to somebody in passing as you were going down to the bar, mm. but that was largely it. This time, it was a free-for-all. It was standing mm. um, spots mainly, yeah. Yeah. And, and we, as, so and as, and as um, more tables opened up, as other Old patrons spread. left, we quickly we went and grabbed those tables. We just expanded. So I people were moving around a lot. Based on this year, I think what might work well next year might be something more on the lines of a cocktail party. Oh. <gasps> 
Um, I, I like standing and the walking around, yeah. but I also like the idea of having, you know, um, stationary yeah. stationary areas where people maybe who are less mobile or who are tired. Yeah, I mean, it might, it might depend on coming. venue, but maybe something yeah. in that style that but we, could, we could maybe sort of adapt. With yeah. less people just moving in and out. I mean, I like the idea of anyone who is not, you know, um, linked to Pelican Hubs, who, who hasn't registered. Um, just walking by and seeing this going on, oh, um, yeah. like the story of the the German gentleman that yeah. you mentioned, I think that's fantastic, and that's what we want to do. But at the same time, it's not ideal to have um, you know several hundred people walking through your party when you have you know seventy grand of pens lying around the table. It's nice to be able to talk as well. It's nice to be able yeah. to talk and be able to hear. Yeah. Also, I think possibly because we were outside largely in in this sort of covered area, but I think somewhere we've had this problem at meets as well. Somewhere better lit. Because when you are yes. trying to show someone something it's on a difficult. pen or an ink yes. and it's you're in twilight and you're shining a torch on the paper to show them what this ink is doing, when, when the purpose is to look at something like a pen and an ink, I think we want something that's lit. So um, in Sydney, we hold our regular monthly pen meets during the day, yes. specifically because um, lighting is so much better. But the timing that the Pelican Hubs are held at 6.30 on a, on a, on a Friday night which also happens to be the end of winter for us in Australia, you know, mm. because yeah. our sunset is much earlier in the winter. It means that it's really dark by the time the hub starts. I, so... will, I will counter that, that part of the reason it was probably like a party is that time. Yeah. 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 Oh yeah. If, if, if people just working week for most. Yeah. yeah. Friday night work drinks. But if you've seen photos sort of from other hubs, some of them are almost like, um, I don't know, like modest, like, um, they're not modest. They're like people sitting around doing very structured activities in like library spaces or mm. in. They vary quite a lot. And some of them are held in you know shops where it's also mostly standing room only. Mm. Um, some of them are in restaurants. The smaller ones are in restaurants, which are also badly lit. I mean, you're going to have issues wherever you go. To be honest, if you're in a conference space. I think people will feel less comfortable moving around a lot. Yeah. And, um, you know, Being too then noisy. you have food and drink issues. Um, and because we're Australian and on a Friday night, we like to drink. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, th- I, think, I think the party atmosphere was very much an Australian and very Sydney sort of atmosphere. Possibly. <laughs> which is great. And I certainly wouldn't want to change any of that. I'd just like to maybe refine it a little, a little bit more to make it a bit more um, easy to understand what's going on and, and yeah, talk yeah, to people. Absolutely. And... and we'll take all our um, complaints and suggestions oh, to Aiden for next year. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> so if you have any um, suggestions on other you know, venues, maybe, um, if you've been to the Sydney Hub and you have some suggestions, you know, just email us and we'll pass it on to the main hub master. Great stuff. All right. Well, let, let's move over to our news section. Um, I'm sure Diana's got something to uh, I'll take tell us this. about. Yeah. yeah. Just before the Pelican Hubs, I think in the two weeks before the Hubs, Pelican dropped the news of their limited editions for 2017. And they are, <laughs> they cause quite a stir. Beautiful. They're beautiful and they cause quite a stir, the photos in the group. I think we saw the photos online just a few days before they were available to order yes. on the shops. And I think some of those pens have already arrived. So the two um, which got the most attention were the Pelican M605 white stripe. It's I have ordered one of those. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's not quite white. It's like um, a piano ivory sort of a color. Mm. 
And um, through the stripes, you can see the ink sloshing around, I assume. Yes. I haven't seen one in real life yet, but that's what I assume. And I think it would be quite stunning with a dark ink inside. I'd say it'd complement very nicely to the Strassman. That's pen. true. Yes. Someone on the group suggested a wedding set, you know, um, the bride and groom, the grey stress, the, the stress, the Strassman. I, I don't know how to pronounce that. The grey Strassman and the white. Um, that would work quite well. Yeah, would, they'd yes. be beautiful. But I'd be a little bit concerned about staining with the um, the white stripe. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, right. when mine arrives, I'm not sure what I'm going to put into it yet. Honey-coloured inks. Yeah, possibly. <laughs> or light greys, maybe. Yeah, like like, like they, a, they the Mop Oyster Grey would probably work yeah. quite nicely. Don't put reds or blues. No. Those, those inks tend to stain quite a bit. There's there's a new Fountain Pens Reddit ink, actually, which is a grey. Yes. It's like a oh, purplish grey. that's a diamond, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So that might be one to, to throw in there. Diamond that, eggs tend to be quite safe. Yeah. That was not a planned news item. I just thought about it now. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, we'll Good put that really. Yeah, we, in also, the ne- next episode, we might throw something in. We've already recorded the next episode. <laughs> <laughs> um, and the other limited edition from Pelican that was announced is the Makie Dragonfly. I'm not sure if that's available for pre-order yet, but this one is really quite eye-catching. And I saw the latest news on it. It's limited to... To only double broads. <laughs> no, not limited to double yes. broads. It's beautiful. And there's only 111 of these made. That is a beautiful pen. That and one. the that, US, that... the US um, recommended retail price is in the neighborhood of 300. No, 3,000. Oh, I wish oh, it was 300. Oh I was going to say. In, <laughs> it's in the vicinity of 3,450 US dollars. Um, I'm getting this information from the Pelican Perch. And I'll definitely link to that. It's a great resource if you're a Pelican fan. Don't tell me limited numbers. <laughs> Jeez. Oh, it's it's so beautiful. But yeah, that is gorgeous, but that's definitely out of my price range at this stage. It's got great Raradin work. So it's Marquier with Raradin, which is it, the it, mother of Pearl. It looks great. My, my sensibilities tend to run very Japanese, and yeah. it has captured a lot of that interest for me. Parker and um, Parker and Pelican. Parker and Pelican both do quite beautiful limited edition um, Marquier and Raradin pieces, mm. but they're always so expensive. Mm. Um, okay, so the other news item um, I have in the show notes is, I don't know, I haven't heard a lot of people mentioning this, but um, there's a rumor on Penlux Facebook page. Penlux is the sailor importer for Taiwan, and they're saying that the sailor four season inks are being discontinued with production to end um, at the end of 2017. So next year, 2018, we'll have new colors. Uh, new packaging, and I think a slightly larger bottle size. 20 mil, if I'm not mistaken. 20, is that less or more? That's less, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Currently, the bottles are 30 mil. I think mm. the new bottles yeah. will be slightly smaller. Not happy. And they'll bring out, bring out new colours, which are similar but not the same. Not happy. I'm not happy. Is, so, uh, <laughs> is Aiden going to be the ink widower? Uh, okay, can, okay so, so Aiden has um, created a... You know, an image of himself of pretty much being Yamadori, Yamadori only. Not in, just an image, it's it's real. <laughs> it, yeah, it's a thing. We have now, you know, furniture at home of the same colour. Um, you would dye your colour if you could. No, no, not Maki. <laughs> Maki is adorable. She will stay her stormy grey colour. Now, um, upon hearing this news, it was an immediate purchase of at least 10 bottles of this coloured ink. I facilitated the purchase of you those did. 10 bottles. <laughs> Thank you. And also, Sutton was also in that range as well. But um, that Sutton meant- is, um, is the sky blue, very highly sheeting sky blue that yes. Sailor makes in that collection. Um, so the conversation also took place as I am never ever running out of Yamadori. Now this boy only writes with double broads. So yeah, we're going to need, a, I think, 
more than 10 bottles. We are not running out. I don't want to deal with the tantrums afterwards. The inc- the- I've recently just bought my first bottle of Yamadori and I, I'm completely converted. So this is quite disappointing for me. Oh, yes. At least you haven't had years to um, really get attached. It's mm. not a long-term relationship. That's true. Yeah, but I'm, I'm very fickle. <laughs> I, I, I can't even fill my pens the entire way because oh, I want to change yeah, the right. inks. Yes. And you might drop the bottle. Well, exactly. Don't you dare. So my favourite from the Four Seasons um, collection, which which isn't even that old. I mean, the Four Seasons replaced the no the the current Four Seasons replaced the old Four Seasons, um, which was discontinued, I think, in twenty fourteen or twenty fifteen. So it's not really been around very long. Not very long at all. So now they're going to like you know, it again. smaller bottles, more colours. It's it's so frustrating for people who collect inks and also. <laughs> That's well, on the note of collection, like smaller bottles and more colors is a very sailor move. Like oh, particularly, maybe. it depends with, on the price of the bottles. Yeah, well, I, I know we were saying on previous episodes that, uh, like, you know, the sailor slims and Sephora's are very collectible. Mm. Hence, why, hence why I'm up to eight or nine. Yes, and it's a similar move to do the same thing with the inks. But with the pens, at least they they provide both options. Yeah, you know, the problem um, with smaller bottles too. I think not just the the fact that you're getting less ink. It's like if you are collecting, which I'm, I'm starting to build a bit of an ink collection, mm. is the new ones aren't going to match. Exactly. Unless That's they really... come in boxes that you can stack on top of the old boxes. I'm unreasonably I'm annoyed by that. I'm, I'm incredibly annoyed. I've got over 100 bottles of um, Sailor Ink. And they, I, I collect them specifically um, to the exclusion of other brands because they stack so nicely. Mm. And they don't take up too much room. Also... And now I, I'm, I'm so frustrated. I, I wish I, they do I what Hiroshi Zoku how do you store your inks then? I have I have shelves, and then I have the shelf organizers on the shelves. Are they are they in a shelf that has um, an opaque door? No, or but it's it's, it's uh, directed away from Sunlight. the window. Okay, that's yeah. a little bit better, I guess. Um, I store them in cupboards or in storage boxes, which are in the dark. Um, I like to see my collection. I wish I wish Sailor would go the way of Urushizuku, where they have large bottles, but also small pint-sized tester bottles, um, yeah. which are very user-friendly if you're not willing to splurge like $50 on a bottle of ink. They're, they're really cute too. Of course, calling something pint-sized when you're talking about liquid volume. Yeah. And they're not, so- they're not rounded like a lot of bottles are. They stack easily and they're, you know, they're cute little things. So yeah. just be warned, um, if, you, if you want... If you really love some of those four season colours and you don't want to be stuck holding the bag like, you know, people who loved um, Apricot were in twenty sixteen and you're and you're not looking to spend like a great premium on these inks when they go discontinued, stock up on them now. Do it now. Um, yes. because they're probably gonna be gone next year. Just don't expect to find any Yamadori. Yeah, no, <laughs> yeah no, Aiden no, will have all yeah, those. No, that would all be out of our house. I'm not going to tell you our address. He might have them. He might sell them to you. What at color, auction. What colour is this cushion you're on, Chrissy? Oh, <laughs> oh no. not quite. <laughs> Yamadori. I, I, th- I think we need to get a photo of that to put up. <laughs> oh. Oh. Okay. So um in the next segment, um, I spoke with Brendan Gazard, the Pelican Hub master for Newcastle. This is getting back to Pelican Hubs. Um, and in my interview, we recorded this just yesterday morning. Yesterday morning is Saturday, right after the Hub. And um, he's he's a great, he's a lovely guy. I met him in Newcastle when I was down like two months ago for a weekend. I think he lives near the Hunter Valley. Um, you'll hear a bit about him talking about being a pen fanatic while living away from, you know, urban areas. I think he was really quite surprised at the number of people who turned up at the Newcastle hub mm. because it's it's not a it's not a large city 
and its proximity to Sydney means I think it gets a little bit um, forgotten about. Not just forgotten about, but people. It's so easy to drive to Sydney. You know, we have people attending the Sydney hubs from Newcastle in previous mm. years. So I think it's great that he started holding the first Newcastle hub over there. And um, you'll hear him describing all the work he did and the amazing turnout and what he hopes to do in the future. Um, let's get started now. Um, would you like to introduce yourself? Yeah, look, my name's Brendan. I live in the Hunter Valley and uh, I was lucky enough to be this year's hub master for the inaugural Newcastle hub. Got into, got into fountain pens back in 2013. My father introduced me to fountain pens, actually. He, he's had a few himself. And I picked up a cheap Lamy Safari from Officeworks that it was returned stock. And yeah, pretty much went from there. From one pen, I'm now, I think I've, I've got a modest collection of about 14 or 15 different fountain pens. Officeworks. I would have thought maybe because you're in the Hunter Valley, you would have gotten them from that stationery store that's in Hunter Valley Gardens. It, it's quite famous, I think. In, oh, in the, the region. Pulp, pulp Addiction, yes. Yeah, Pulp Addiction. That's, that, that is a favourite haunt, haunt of mine when I, I head out that way for a, a weekend picnic or something with the family. Yeah. Uh, but no, it didn't exist back when I started, or it was only very new. But when I got, got into it, uh, we had a, yeah, Officeworks, a big box stationery store just down the road, and they stocked a few, few lammies, and that was what I picked up. Oh, fantastic. So just to set this in my timeline, how many years ago was that? So that was 2013. That was probably mid-2013. So Pulp, then, Pulp Addiction is a fairly new new store then? Fairly new, yeah. I think they've probably only been around, or I've only been aware of them being around for probably the last two Oh, wow. Years. I'm surprised it actually it manages to thrive and survive. They call it a bit of a secret, um, a, a hidden gem in the valley because in, in this place of, you know, people go for wine and fudge and food, yeah. you don't expect to find a stationery store that has um, decomposition and lamis and inks and everything. Yeah, yeah. No, look, it is a hidden gem, Dinah. Um, I don't know whether anybody's ever been in there, and I'm not trying to advertise or pimp them in any way. But um, yeah, I've got quite a few things from there that have been unexpected. I think they carry the Apica CD oh, notebooks wow. now. That's um, very the A5, unusual. The A5 size. So this is not the not the the big heavy bound ones that everybody yeah. else is talking about. The These slim are the, ones. The slim ones, the with the the cardboard cardstock mm-hmm. covers and a cloth tape on the edge. Yeah, paper's um, still great. Oh, fantastic <laughs> paper. I love it. I've, I've got oh, I've got one sitting here on the desk in front of me. I've got another one in the drawer I've just picked out. No, they're, they're great. But yeah, no, look, the stationery scene, the pen scene in Newcastle is um, surprisingly vibrant. Wonderful. Uh, Particularly last night, it was really great to meet some new people I hadn't met before. Some people I'd met at Newcastle Meets previously, but there were new faces at the table. Big shout out to John and Hershey from Singleton. They made the trek down from uh, from Singleton down to Newcastle for the evening, and yeah, they stuck it out till pretty much the very end, and and then had the the long haul back up back up the valley back home. So That's shout great out dedication. to those guys. Oh, big dedication. Yeah, so yeah, it was it was a really great night. I can't believe we spent like four and a half hours or something just you know playing with pens and talking pens and and doing the doing our pen thing so um brendan this is your first hub as an attendee but also as a hub master so you've really threw yourself very cold into the scene um, oh yes <laughs> oh yes yes you could say i jumped in with both yep. feet and, and held held my breath and hope hope to hell i could swim no i think you carried it off fantastically let's for, give me a rundown of what happens at your hub, um, just for people okay. who's never been to one. Yeah, look, our hub, 
we I, I positioned our hub or I structured our hub very much on a casual basis. So I know other hubs around the world in the last 24 hours have had very structured and you know formal presentations and that sort of stuff. This was just to get together of, of people who shared a passion around pens, particularly fountain pens. And, um, you know, we got to talk about, you know, nib sizing and ink colors and journals and paper and you know, then obviously the conversation then spreads to all corners of the globe so I think there was a bit of politics thrown in there and a bit of uh, other arts and crafts type activities and one of our hub members is also a, a mad keen um, knitter and they, they hand make lace which I thought was oh, absolutely, wow. absolutely amazing and, and she shared some photographs of some works that she's done and that was just brilliant. I think is it Hannah who makes um, quilts in, in Newcastle? Yes, I think Hannah makes quilts. Yeah. Um, the Leanne was the person I was I hadn't met Leanne before, but oh, Leanne Leanne is our uh, our resident um I guess knitter um, and yeah. lace maker. And Amy's the artist. Amy's the artist. Amy was sharing some of her um I guess what would you call them? Uh, well she had a journal there, but it had all her all her thoughts, all her creative mm-hmm. thoughts and everything else in there. So she was sharing some of what she was doing there. A lot of work there with fountain pen inks that she was using as a colouring. Um, that was really amazing and interesting. But yeah, look, the hub was our, our hub was just really just a you know, bunch of mates going down to the pub and and having a few few beers and a bit of, bit of food and and just shooting the breeze. <laughs> that sounds a lot like our hub um, in Sydney, but the logistics are slightly different um, because we had just a little over fifty people. Yeah, I saw um, your number. I was but- amazed. <laughs> Uh, How did Aiden handle it? He's, he doesn't strike me as the kind of guy who could who um who chills well. Um, he he's been chill ever since he handed in his thesis last week. So um, oh, it was a thesis thing. Oh, was, fair enough. I'm yeah, sorry. he was he was quite stressed in the lead up to it, and um, I was his co-hub master. So he was saying to me, "Once I've got this handed in, I can throw myself full on into this, and I, you don't have to worry about me. I'll just be really chill." He, he was great. I mean, I walked around and glad hatting and saying hi to everyone, everyone I've never met before, so many new yep. people. But Aiden had to stand by all the goodie bags because we had people dropping in early and late, you know, within a span of three hours or so. And yep. he had to carry out registration and make sure that everyone got their goodies and everything. It was it was yeah. harder on him, I think. Yeah, look, it would be. And look, I think I'm pretty thankful that our hub was only, you know, 10-odd participants total. Uh, having 50 and having to deal with that many gift bags for, for, for guests and that would be horrendous. So here's a little story for you. Um, yep. I actually arrived to our hub late by about <laughs> half an hour. Uh, not cool for the hub master, you know, the host of the event to get, turn up to his own party late, but I did. I'd actually left my wallet at home. I got three quarters of the way from my, my house. I live <laughs> up the valley from Newcastle in Maitland, so I'm about 45 minutes from town. And yeah, I got about three quarters of the way there and suddenly dawned on me that I'd left my, my credit cards and stuff at home and I had to turn around <laughs> with all the goodies in the back of the car and go in back and get hour. my wallet. In rush hour. And, and get my stuff, so... But everybody was pretty cool about it. You know, people had had similar experiences. I think we had a few few attendees turn up after I did, so I didn't feel quite so bad. But, yeah, in terms of gift bags, it was really easy. Um, I threw a few extras into the gift bags than what Pelican provided. So this year Pelican provided each guest, registered guest, a uh, their own very own bottle of uh, Pelican Edelstein Smoky Quartz. Mm, ink of the year. Full size. Full size falcon, as they call it, the full size bottle. So that was that was pretty well received by everybody to begin with. But uh, being the first hub in Newcastle, I wanted to make it a bit special. So I actually contacted uh, our friends up at Bookbinders there in Queensland. Oh yeah. And I got them to manufacture for me 
a limited quantity of special commemorative travellers, passport size insert books on Tamoe, white Tamoe River paper. When you showed me photos of those little notebooks, um, yeah. I think it was, in, it was on Facebook or on Discord, I was so impressed. I mean, because a lot of people use the Tamoe River, the traveller notebook size notebooks. Yeah. And it, I, I saw the photos and it's just such a lovely commemorative little special item for attendees at the first Newcastle hub. So oh, look, I it is. Great. Yeah, look, I, look, I was really happy with the way they came out. Um, I tell you what, customer service experience was fantastic with those guys. Mm, look, mine is um, great. And, um, and Pelican were, were really excellent. So I, I, I did the right thing. I contacted Pelican to get permission to use the, the logo yep. for the hubs. And they were, they came back to me and said, yeah, no problems. This is the sort of thing we want you to do. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so the ones you saw were the first initial um, pilot run. Yeah. I actually cut the size down. So I went from the full size traveler's notebook down to the passport size. So All more right. of a po- pocket size notebook. So, so instead of having a, a. So you've got a bunch of um, traveler size, regular size notebooks hanging around <laughs> no i don't they only did one for me as a demo and ah. i i made the change what i do have is a, a small stack on a switch here behind me i don't know whether you can hear the hear the crinkle there yeah that's a packet of commemorative notebooks that are left over in the passport size so the smaller pocketable yes. size and the only difference really is 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 that you lose from what you saw mm-hmm. and just for the other the rest of the list of the cast imagine your normal regular size travelers with the pelican hubs artwork as a belly band around the center of the yeah. the travelers book you just lose the top and the bottom sections of the of the craft cover mm-hmm. and you've just got the full band of the of the hubs notebook so that's pretty awesome actually we, i might um i might flick you a, a an image you can throw in the show notes with those notebooks if people want to have a look yeah, to see what I'd they look like. Yeah, I'd appreciate that. That'd be great. Um, so, yeah, so that was one little special thing I threw in there. The other thing I did was, and by now everybody will know what the, the Hubmasters were given as a, a gift because many Hubmasters generously shared their, their gift with the uh, participants. Is um, not, everyone, we, not everyone listening might have attended a pub. So, not a, um, oh, okay. Yeah. Good point. Good so point. Yeah. So, so as, as, as a thank you from Pelican to the hub, each Hubmaster, each Hubmaster was sent a complete set of the standard eight Edelstein inks in the full-size bottles. So I've that got was so eight. generous. It was so generous. I actually worked it out what it would, would have cost me to buy them here in Australia, and I just went, oh, that's, that's awesome. So what I did was instead of cracking the bottles open and, and sort of having the potential for them to leak, I bought the same series of colors in sample vials mm-hmm. and inked up a series of demonstrator pens. Oh, right. And I put them on the table, and each yeah. participant was able to not only test all the inks, but at the end of the night, if they found an ink color that they liked, mm-hmm. they were welcome to take that pen fully loaded home with them. Um, and if, if somebody else liked the same color, I was ha- quite happy to crack the bottle open and, and produce a, a sample into a sample vial. So we had a bit of an ink swap station happening, an ink yep. testing station happening. That's a fantastic of, idea. Yeah, plenty of pen swapping happening around the yep. table. There was quite a few pelicans there. Uh, one of our ha- attendees, Max, who's a, a member of the FPO group, yep. um, he brought his tuning equipment along. So he did a bit of quick pen tuning for a few of the participants that had mm-hmm. some issues with pens. And you know, that was well received and everybody appreciated that. So yeah. Yeah, so look, I th- from my perspective, I had a ball of a time. I was a bit like you. I bounced around the table talking to people that I'd never met and making sure everybody was having a good time and, and involved and engaged. Did you get and any I- feedback from attendees? Yeah, every- I did. I did at the end of the night. Everybody was you know, saying how great a night it was and, yeah. and thanking me for what- the work that I did. And I-, I really don't think I did that much. Well, well, you, all were, I did- you were very thoughtful in, in what you did. So I'm yeah, sure it was yeah. really much appreciated. I, I, I probably overcompensated. 
No, I, I, I really, I really probably went too far and put too many things, too, too many extras into the bag. But no, it's now the, the first standard, and... you've raised the standard. So next year you're gonna have to do even more. <laughs> possibly, possibly. <laughs> but yeah, no. So that was that. That's, that was basically our hub experience in Newcastle this year. It was. I think everybody had a good time. Like, yeah. We certainly had. We had a few people leave early, but that was when I say early. You know, they left at about quarter to ten, ten or ten o'clock or something. And I think we pushed on till about eleven, oh, maybe that's 11, about the same with us. Yeah. Um, I'll show you a story from last night. Um, yeah. So Pelican in their preparation kit, they also provided some posters, um, some branded cups, um, like yep. styrofoam, not styrofoam, but paper cups that paper cups, are yeah. disposable ones with Pelican written on them, as well as this huge flag for us to hang wherever we wanted. And um, Aidan and I, when we picked the venue, we weren't sure where we'd be hanging this flag because it's it's humongous. Um, mm. And because in Australia we're having the hub in very early spring, by 6.30, it's already fairly dark, um, yeah. unlike what it must be in the Northern Hemisphere, I think. Um, yeah, in September, yeah. it's, it's fairly light until 8, 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock maybe. So what we did with our flag is we were going to have people signing the flag and take a photo with the flag at the end. But I discovered um, when I got to the venue that there were these little, like a ceiling um, overhanging mesh that I could potentially tie the flag onto by its little hooks. And what I did was I found just in my bag this little roll of washi tape. And washi tape, I think, is like the duct tape of stationary fiends. It's it's so useful. It um, is. It is. <laughs> and it's like oh, 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 look look at that. I've got a I've got a roll in my top drawer next to me next to me right now. And has it become a lifesaver for you too? Absolutely. So last night, what I did with the washi tape is I, I rolled out a really long strip of it, doubled it up, and then used that to tie up the flags. <laughs> That's amazing. That's so awesome. That, that's what stationary, um, a stationary MacGyver. Um, yes, that's what we do. definitely stationary MacGyver. <laughs> you, you've, you've just you've just created a, a, a solution out of nothing. Yeah, that will become a meme. I hope. I hope so. Let's make it so. As, as long as there's no bad mullets involved, it will be quite safe. <laughs> so let's talk about next hub. Yes. What are your thoughts about that? Do you think you'll volunteer again to be hub master? Look, I think I will. Um, I. I actually sat down with uh, with Max because a little quick side story here. Max uh, was the first person to raise the the, the the prospect of a hub in Newcastle. Yeah. When the hubs were first announced, and and he he sort of got the ball rolling, so he got the first. He actually nominated for hub master as well, and, and nominated Newcastle as a, mm-hmm. a potential location, and, and sort of rallied everybody together to get the numbers. Shout out to unfortunately, Max. Unfortunately for Max uh, and myself, I didn't realise that Max had already registered. I thought he was just throwing the idea out there, so I quickly jumped on and registered as a hubmaster as well yeah. for Newcastle. So Newcastle had two <laughs> two nominees for hubmaster. I really believe that you know Max being first first cab off the rank that Pelican would have selected Max as the hubmaster and you know, I wouldn't need to worry. So I was quite surprised when I got the email from Pelican saying, "Hey, you've mm-hmm. uh, welcome welcome to Newcastle Hub and you're the hubmaster." I was like, "Oh, that's 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 not right. Uh, it should be somebody else." Yeah, I think um, because Newcastle for those listeners aren't who aren't in Australia, Newcastle's about 150 kilometers north of Sydney. It's yeah, about- within easy yeah within easy driving distance so i think the idea was initially well last year at least um we tried to get it going but because sydney is so accessible 
some people from Newcastle were going to the Sydney hub instead. Yeah. yeah. So it, I think it really took that extra step to say, let's try to build Newcastle as the centre of to draw participants um, from the whole Hunter region. Absolutely. Absolutely. So idea. I think it's a great idea. Absolutely. I agree 100%. Um, yeah, so a little side story there. So that's how I ended up as Hubmaster. So I had a quick chat with uh, with Max last night, and, and what we've decided is that we'll, we'll do exactly the same as we did this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, both of us will nominate as Hubmaster. Yeah. But what we will be doing is we'll, a bit like what you and Aidan did for the Sydney Hub, one, whoever gets the Hubmaster will nominate the other as a co-Hubmaster yeah. um, to assist with the, the organisation and, and everything else. It's a good thing to have someone as a backup anyway, no matter how many people you, you have attending. I think it takes a bit of the stress off you. Oh, I, I think it does. I think it does. I was, I was pretty fortunate that this time around I had a bit of bit of leave from work that allowed me to do a fair bit of the organisation mm. during normal business hours. Otherwise, you know, you, as Hubmaster, you, you're making phone calls to restaurants you know, five or six o'clock at night when they're in the mi- middle of dinner service to try and see if you can get, get a venue or you, you're sending emails off at lunch in your lunch hour to venues to try and get responses and it takes you know, it can take three or four days for some of these places to get back to you with yeah. oh yes we can do it or no we can't do it or, or all of those things so yeah no I'm definitely keen for us to try it again try and get it up again in Newcastle again next year um, I'm hoping that with the amount of social media that we put out this year that other people will come out of the woodwork who are, are fountain pen fanatics and, and, and come along and, and, and enjoy what is a fairly relaxed and, and, and low key event but just good times with, uh, with people with similar interests I think that's all we do here in Australia just relaxed and low-key. Oh, look, it's the best way to go. I I agree. I mean, um, we had some visitors from uh, UK and also from interstate. No, not UK, the US at our hub last night. Um, Because I think some of them were travelling internationally and just coincidentally they were travelling during the day of the hub. And um, they registered in Sydney in advance because they knew they were going to be in Australia at the time. And um, we had a participant, I think, who had been to a Washington hub in previous years. And they were exclaiming to me how um, amazed at the overall youth of the crowd in Sydney um, and the energy. Because in in some of the hubs that they've been to in the past, um, I think the crowd was much more calm, generally older, and yeah. maybe more into vintage and um, just a very different demographic. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's just a reflection on, on our hobby as a whole, Diana. I think... We are slowly pulling the, the, the average age and the demographic of, of your fountain pen fan mm. back from you know, people who are, well, depending on the age group of who's listening to this podcast. Um, any, if they're you know, listening it, to podcasts, I, I, I think um, they tend to skew on the younger end. They skew, it, they skew at the younger end, yeah. So the people that are listening to these, to us talking here today and the like – they're the they're the new the new guard of of pen pen fans pen pen addicts. That's true, and um, being, and youth is no um, sign of disinterest in vintage pens. I mean, if Max is any huh? indication, because yeah. <laughs> Max <laughs> He's got loves a collection that young man. Yeah. And he loves um, scouring vintage shops, um, looking for pens that he can fix up himself. He does. He does. And and that was an interesting thing at the Newcastle Hub. We had a real spread of age demographics yeah. at the at, at the meet, and it was great to see. And age wasn't a barrier in the in in this situation. And I'm sure it's not a barrier in, no. in your experience, and or at any of the other hubs that have happened in in, a, in the eastern seaboard of Australia, or over in the west there at Perth um, with the Perth crew. Yeah, they had um, a great meet too. A great hub. I saw photos. Um... Yeah, yeah, I was. I was scouring the social media this morning after I got up after a couple of hours sleep and um, yeah, it was it was just 
full of Pelican Pelican Hub madness. Um, that's probably the one thing that was surprising me to me about the whole Hubmaster, I guess, responsibilities. Um, and you can take it or leave it as, as much as you wish it, as a hub master. But I, I wanted, being the new first hub, I wanted to make sure that we got, got it out there and presented our best best performance. So it took me probably an hour and a half or two hours after I got home to finish downloading photographs from cameras and phones and getting them up on Instagram and on Facebook, yeah. which are my, my two main social media platforms, just to get the word out there that, that, hey, this is what happened at Newcastle and this is the great time that was had by everybody. That's fantastic. Well, thank you so much, Brendan, for talking to me. That's right. So for everyone listening, did you want to share your Instagram and your – what was the other social media platform? Uh, Facebook. So, okay. so if, you want, if, you want to, if people want to link with me or have questions about being a hub master, uh, on Instagram, I'm The Wine Habit. And on Facebook, Brendan Gazard my, uh, is my Facebook. And we'll account. link to both of those. Uh, well, we'll link to the Instagram in the show notes. Thanks yeah. so much, Brendan. That's right, Diana. Catch you later. Catch you later. Bye. Bye. Okay, well, uh, that takes us to our recommendation section. So we're going to recommend something for all the listeners that may or may not be fountain pen related. Let's uh, start with Chrissy. Chrissy, you have any recommendations that uh, don't include buying up Yamadori? <laughs> no. Um, yes, no. The, my recommendation at the moment is that I'm playing through Witcher 3 at the moment. Uh, a bit late to jump on the bandwagon, but um, DLC is cheap. The game has the game view. Uh, edition available through Steam and it did take me a while to get into it but once you get out of that starting area just the the story uh, of, of running around killing beasts and, and, and saving fair maidens it's what you want in a game at least in my opinion anyways um, so that's yeah get some Witcher 3 happening all right well Jeannie what about you oh if I can go a bit sci-fi nerdy on you for a minute I'm a big sci-fi fan, and I've recently started watching a new show there's been a bit of buzz about called The Orville. Now, it's a show by Seth MacFarlane, who a lot of people will know from The Family Guy, uh, but it is a bit of a space soap or a sort of space um, opera, very much in the style of Star Trek. It's and a spoof, I've heard. It's not really, and I thought it was going to be, and I thought it was going to be silly, and it has a lot of comedic elements, but I will say this is, this is the show that's felt the most like Star Trek since Deep Space Nine went off the air. Star Trek is coming back, though. I know, and I'm really excited. I hopefully we'll talk about that in another episode. I've heard it's fantastic. I mean, and I I enjoyed Voyager, and we won't even talk about Enterprise because that just didn't happen. But (laughs) this really felt to me like it captured the spirit of Trek and what Gene Roddenberry's vision of the future, which, and yeah, I'm, I'm going full nerd now, but I'm excited. It feels like Trek in the same way that Galaxy Quest was a fantastic Trek I, movie. Well, I was just about to mention that Galaxy Quest was one that was like, the premise was a spoof, but it still was its it own thing. It had so much heart that yeah. it didn't matter. And it that, wasn't just the, And that's like, what I'm getting from this. And I'm, I've only movie. seen the first episode, but I'm so excited to watch the rest of it. And yeah, I will be watching Discovery when it comes out. And I'm sure I'll tell you my thoughts on that later. All right. Danny, do you have a recommendation today? Okay. So I think last week the news came out that Ridley Scott not um, happy with making a dozen, you know, Avatar movies, is returning to the Terminator franchise. And Mm. um, he wants to make another... Well, he wants to produce another Terminator movie with Arnold Schwarzenegger and Linda Hamilton involved. The original, yes, because... Now, when you say involved, Uh, Arnie's getting on. uh, Yes. um, I don't know. The news news releases aren't very detailed (laughs) about their level of involvement, whether they'll be starring or not. But um, I'm not recommending that. Um, I'm not recommending anything that Ridley Scott works on. I think he's a pile of garbage. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the 
this, this, is, this is the anti recommendation section. I okay, I'll uh, I'll take my controversial opinions elsewhere. But oh, no, I would like to recommend um, another Terminator related adjacent media, um, which is the Sarah Connor Chronicles, um, the TV show from I think two thousand and five, somewhere around then, like a decade ago. Um, it stars Summer Glau, Lena Headey from Game of Thrones. It was her. I think a first US TV show. I heard that was good. I do like it's, Summer Glau. It's so good. Um, it's made by, I think, John Friedman, um, who is a producer that I have a lot of respect for. Um, his writing team is great. The acting is fantastic. But more specifically, I, I love TV sci-fi. And I think a TV show really allows the Terminator concept to be explored in the sort of detail and thoughtfulness that I really like in in speculative fiction. I don't think movies I think movies they they have to appeal to a more general Yeah, that's audience. why I tend to prefer TV sci-fi yeah. to movies. Then, and I like the big blockbuster movies, yeah. can't speak, but the TV shows are where the character stuff happens. Movies are more, you know, they're more bombastic. They have the bigger budgets, but mm. Sarah Connor Chronicles is um, sometimes meditative, but they also have great action as you'd expect with Summer Glau involved. Some really good effects but um the ideas that it has about um time travel about cooperation between humans and machines about what it means to be human and whether machine can be different from human but still be accorded the rights and the respect that you give a human um i think those ideas are really fascinating and um and going to become more and more relevant yeah exactly so if you like ex machina if you like um, humans, if you like any of that genre of science fiction that is really popping off now, taking off, not popping off. No, popping off is still <laughs> It's just maybe like something a little more than yeah. that. Was... <laughs> and if you have discounted Sarah Connor Chronicles in the past because you think, oh, it's just another garbage Terminator um, sequel, which is not as good as the originals. Um, no, I think it's better than the originals, or at least it's it's just as good in a different way. Uh, well, I'm going to recommend something very left field. Uh, it's going to be Stoneman uh, underwear, which is uh, might be revealing a little too much about myself. Well, now we all know what's under. Yeah, made from stone. No, no, no. It's uh, it's not like the stone paper stuff. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's because uh, they'd be like nappies. They're meant to be water. It's, it's like 360 degree panoramic prints. And you know, that, I mean, take a look for yourself. That might they might be up your alley. They might uh, not. I will. Is, is that an offer? I'll put a picture of the range. I have to say, um, I, you keep saying you're going to put a picture in the show notes, but we can't put picture in the show notes. I can put a link to pictures in the okay, show notes. Okay, okay. Well, but we cannot embed pictures in I, the show I'm, notes. I'm not a producer. I'm sorry. I'm speaking out of turn. <laughs> Been told. Um, but yeah, uh, Stone Men Underwear, uh, I suppose, is my recommendation today, uh, just to keep it a little left field. Uh, thank you for joining us, everybody. Uh, thank you. Thank, thank you, you. Thank, you. thank you, Jean. And thank you, of course, Daya. Thanks, Chuck. It has been the Nib section. Uh, until next time, listeners, ink well. Future episodes of this podcast can be found at the Nib section and wherever you listen to podcasts. Hop onto iTunes, rate us, review us, recommend us to your friends. Want to share your thoughts on something that was discussed? Do you have suggestions for future topics or just want to let us know how we're going? Well, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at thenibsection at gmail.com. You can also comment at us uh, on the Nib Section Facebook page or at the Nib Section on Twitter. The Nib Section is the official podcast of Fountain Pens Oceania. Our producers this episode were Diana Dye, Chucks Montano, Max Shoemaker, 
Patrick Antolovich and Denise Tang. Recording and editing was done by Patrick Antolovich and Denise Tang. Special thanks this episode goes to Brendan Gazzard for taking the time to speak to us. Our music was composed by Michael Pierce. Our logo was designed by Will H. Smith with artwork by Melissa Graff. Thank you for listening.